Price, that's the number one technical indicator. You do best by investing for the longer term. If you can't explain what the business is doing, then that is a huge red flag. Some technological change is going to put you out of business. It really is a genuinely extraordinary situation. Hello, everyone. I'm Ed Gotham, and welcome to Opto Sessions, where we interview the top traders and investors from around the world, uncovering their secrets to success. This is a special episode with Trevor Neal, who gives us exclusive insight into a new tradable product he's developed with CMC Markets, the RRG UK Momentum Plus. Trevor is an ex-floor trader and hedge fund manager and also a director at RRG. And we talk about the product methodology, how it captures early stage positive momentum in UK stocks, and why you might be interested in a momentum strategy over an index play. As we're introducing a CFD product here, I have to give you a quick disclaimer as CFDs are leveraged products. And with that, there are some risks to be aware of. 76% of retail investor accounts lose money when spread betting or trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. Thanks very much and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast again, Trevor. It's been um, I've just been about six months or so since you were last on here. Uh, it continues to be quite a strange year as well. Everyone's everyone's stuck at home. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, stuck at home, but uh, but actually, in some respects, enjoying it. Yeah. And we're here to talk about a new tradable product, a CFD portfolio you've launched with with Julius the Campanar called the RRG UK Momentum Plus, which is available exclusively on the CMC Markets trading platform. Uh, last week, Hayden had a great discussion with Julius. He's the founder of RRG about relative rotation graphs in particular, but this episode we're focusing more on deconstructing how that's applied to your new product, the RRG UK Momentum Plus. I thought to kick off, it'd be interesting um, just to get a, a quick overview that, for those that haven't listened to the previous episode about RRG and maybe the most popular use cases today. Yes, um, well, uh, Julius and I have worked together on this for, uh, I think it's about 30 years, but uh, we're both directors of RRG Research, but Julius is is the, the creative uh, mind uh, that uh, created this way of doing analysis. And the route it took was that uh, we created this visualization using this dynamic uh, quadrant, very uh, sort of memorable sort of look, and, uh, and it was first offered to users of Bloomberg, Refinitiv Icon, uh, as, as, uh, as analytics for people to, who manage portfolios, professionals uh, who manage portfolios, to analyze the portfolios and to look for early opportunities of uh, securities which were perhaps not yet the strongest securities but were coming up uh, in the list of, uh, of uh, performance with positive momentum. It's a, it's a clever way, if I may say that, of seeing very complicated data, multiple charts, all in one chart, compared uh, uh, to each other, so, so the picture is very clear. So it started off as an analysis tool, but then we um, have uh, uh, developed it into a, a trading program, if you, uh, which is now being offered as the CMC Momentum Plus program. And here we uh, uh, analyze the message of it uh, using a quantitative and score-based approach to choose uh, securities or it can be in the future other things that um, uh, that offer outperformance 
opportunities. And what we're looking for is not the, uh, the things which are better than an index, so let's say the strongest stock in the FTSE, uh, because that's a relatively easy thing to, to, to find and calculate. The thing, the thing is, is in that list of performance of, it, of securities in, in the list, the list itself is dynamic. And the, the greatest opportunity is not buying the things which have already arrived at the top, it's participating in their journey to the top and maintaining your portfolio until they begin to slip even while they're still in perhaps the top uh, decile of performance. So in this way, you're getting the things which are moving up the list, may start, maybe starting from a point of underperformance, but moving uh, in a relative basis uh, through the list up towards the top. Now, this is how you can get outperformance of the index, not by buying the things that already arrived, but buying the things which are coming up and participating in that, and also leaving the things early um, that are waning in their relative performance. So that's the, the great um, uh, unique selling point of uh, this momentum-based approach. And so we've set some rules for that and scorings for it. And, uh, and now we uh, run portfolios. And here we, we have got a product, the first product, which is uh, based on the uh, uh, FTSE 350, so a broadly based uh, portfolio representing the UK market better, I would say, than the FTSE itself. Um, and, uh, and using this universe, we are concentrating on the uh, 10 stocks which, uh, which have the highest score according to our analysis of the momentum, relative momentum. Sure. And so um, I was having a look at so the, the actual strategy, you could say, is it's a factor-based strategy based on momentum as a factor, and then it works across, uh, you know, relative strength basically is the indicator for that momentum. Is that is that correct? Yes, it's it's two. There's, there's two indicators. There's the relative strength itself, and that's not to be confused with Wells Wilder's relative strength index, which is a momentum, which is a uh, an oscillator. This yeah. is something divided by something, which so the relative performance. Okay. But, uh, what we add to that is um, not just the relative performance, but the momentum of the relative performance. Um, we are both technical analysts, Julia and Julius and I. And one thing we 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 know is that momentum precedes price. So if a market is going up as it approaches a top, unless it's a V-shaped top, it will it will slow up before it turns down, and then when it turns down, it will speed up. But there's a slowing up and speeding up. Uh, process and so we're observing the, um, the increasing outperformance with positive momentum that's very constructive and that puts you in the leading quadrant on RRG and then you might move into an area where you're still outperforming but you're losing positive momentum yeah very interesting area is uh, securities which are underperforming but have got positive momentum and these are the securities as I was saying before that are coming up the list and coming up the list faster, these are the next best things, if you like, yep. the new things. Okay. Um, and so, yes, it's, it's a technical-based strategy as well, rather than a fundamental-based. Absolutely. There's yep. no fundamentals in it yep. at all. Interesting point. And um, just before we move on to, um, it'd be interesting to deconstruct the quadrants a little bit and, and how and why certain areas are important. Um, can we just get a, a 
a quick overview of your your experience in the markets. Not, it doesn't have to take very long, but just so people know, you know who you are. Um, and uh, you know, as far as I remember, it's taken you all across the world. Um, so I, I, we could be talking about it for quite a while, I suppose. But just a, uh, yeah, a minute or so, just to I'll keep it brief. Introduce. Me. It I've been around for a long time, so it could be long, uh, but I'll keep it brief. <laughs> I, I started in the industry uh, uh, when I was 18. My very first job was as, as a floor trader on the coffee exchange in London, working for Merrill Lynch. And then I, I stayed uh, on the floor for the first years of, of my career. Then I came off the floor. I moved more into fund management. I was very interested in technical analysis. Actually, I can thank Merrill Lynch for that because part of my induction course was a uh, was uh, with them, it was learning about uh, technical analysis. At that time, technical analysis was changing, going on to computers from chart paper, graph paper, and um, I could see that one day people would be using computers to trade, and people thought that was a mad idea, but here we are. And, uh, and I was very keen on systematic approach, so rule-based approach, and I uh, worked for a bank at one stage, running a hedge fund there at the bank, Using, using a quantitative approach, a trend-following quantitative approach, technical approach. Um, I left the bank, worked for Bloomberg uh, for four years as head of technical analysis there, which was great fun. And I traveled the world uh, when I was working for Bloomberg. I had, my region was Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Latin America. And, and I can tell you, nearly every week I went off on trips and um, sped around the world. I'd do South America in a week, for example, five cities one city a day. Um, and, uh, and so I did that. Uh, and uh, I then left uh, Bloomberg to, to run another hedge fund, a new hedge fund, which uh, was based in South Africa. I was based in South Africa and the seed money came from uh, a South African insurance company. And uh, I, uh, we based ourselves in Cape Town. I worked at that uh, and we, this was very successful. Uh, my Family, however, were not happy about uh, living in South Africa. I thought it was wonderful, but they didn't. So I uh, sold out and returned to the UK. That was in 2006, uh, which was probably, uh, if you think about it, a very good time to sell out of a hedge fund. And um, and then things, uh, of course, happened after that financial crisis. Started a new fund, which I still operate today. And uh, I also teach technical analysis. So hopefully there, two, two minutes is yeah, for last year. Oh, of <laughs> history. And just quickly, um, how long have you been working with Julius for? Well, we were, we've known each other, uh, I think it is about 30 years, and, uh, and we always joke that we met at, uh, at Cambridge. And uh, we did meet at Cambridge, actually at King's College, Cambridge, but um, neither of us went to Cambridge. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were attending a technical analysis conference that took place in the summer holidays. And so we had a week uh, staying in the, that, those hallowed halls. And uh, that's where we did meet. And we've, we've been friends uh, since then. And uh, eventually uh, I was uh, instrumental in, in getting uh, uh, the RRG charts put on to Bloomberg and onto onto Icon as well for for Reuters. So we, it became more it became this business relationship, and we have this company together, um, the RRG Research BB. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Very rare we have someone with such, such a like a long and and uh, interesting career in the financial markets that's taking so many places, and it's great to be you know, working with you on on, on this. And I wanted to yeah, roll back to the RRG now, the Momentum Plus. What, what's the objective of the RRG UK Momentum Plus? 
Well, it, I've learned as a, as a trader, you need to try and establish some edge in the market. And, you know, as technical analysts, we, we think of things in terms of probability and if rising lows are continuing, we're going up. So we try and latch on to these sort of as reliable as possible uh, patterns. But one of the things that is, is a, a, um, you can rely on is that if you, if you have something which is rising with increasing momentum, it's likely to go further. If something has been rising and it's losing momentum, so it's, its rate of change of, of, of climb, rate of climb is declining, it's potentially a top. And this is really capitalizing on this, but also to do it over a mass of securities, so 350 securities. And um, this would be, um, I don't know how many charts it would be to compare every single security with every single security in the 350. Um, it's a, it might be 50,000 charts, something like that. Um, and it's clearly impossible to do. So what uh, Julius has done when he developed this was uh, develop a way of normalizing that message where you can compare one thing to another. Um, so oranges with oranges, not apples to oranges. And, uh, and this is the clever thing about the chart. Then we have subsequently gone on to become rule-based in the interpretation of the chart. So rather than just visually like chartists, uh, we're setting rules for it. And this way we can become systematic, disciplined, backtest uh, the message. And it's trying, I'm right in saying it's trying to, which you, you sort of touched on earlier, it's trying to get the uh, stocks that in that universe, which is FTSE 350, which is the FTSE 100 plus the FTSE 250. Uh, it's the ones that are showing early signs of of positive momentum against other so that you capture that potentially what was implied is like a trend that's going to happen from early signs of positive momentum coming through is that right yes trend in momentum yeah so what it looks like is and this is why i said mentioned that it's rather striking is it, it's a scattergram with four quadrants and so going from left to right across uh, the, the scattergram uh, left is your weakest securities relative to the index in the middle which in this case is the FTSE 350 so all the securities on the left of that are weaker than the index itself and the things to the right of it are strongest and the thing that is furthest to the right is the strongest but on its own, that's just a st static list of strongest, weakest. It's not really studying what they're actually doing. And um, so we have then the vertical axis, which is the momentum of the relative strength. Higher is most positive momentum, lowest is um, a low positive, low positive momentum. This gives us four quadrants. Top right hand quadrant is the quadrant where things which are outperforming with positive momentum, you call that good. Um, uh, bottom right quadrant, so right means it's outperforming, but bottom means with low positive momentum. The securities which are in that quadrant are things which are outperforming, but have got low positive momentum likely uh, to not go, not uh, outperform much longer or indeed start to join the underperforming. Uh, area. The bottom left-hand quadrant, as you probably work out for yourself, left-hand uh, side and below uh, the horizontal, that means that it's got, it's underperforming with poor um, positive momentum. This is where you don't want to be at all. And then bottom left, for many people with a more um, aggressive outlook on the, on the portfolio, is that it's left, top left is 
uh, it's left, so it's underperforming, but it's top with, with positive momentum. So these can be the next big things. Now, what makes this clearer is, um, you know, rather than a static dots within the across these four quadrants is the dot the, the dots have got tails and the, and we we sample where was the security last week the white week before the week before and and let's say five or, or so tails and what you get is a a rotation going on and you can see things moving and how they're moving in, in rotation so things which are moving northeast so between naught and 90 degrees on a compass are increasing in relative performance and positive momentum. And so the, with the computer, we can study where they are, what their direction is, and also the difference between the samples. So is it speeding up? Mm. So we can weight all those, and that gives us our list. Okay. And when we're talking about relative strength, um, just to confirm, just in my head, are we talking about against, um, each other stock in the in that sort of universe or is it again and you've created a sort of a benchmark or is it against like a FTSE 100 how are you comparing relative strength well it, it the relative raw relative strength is the security divided by the benchmark so in this case it's the individual security let's say we're divided by the FTSE at 350 so the, the higher that reading is the stronger that is compared to it or it could be negative in which case the security was underperforming the average itself and then we look at the momentum of that yeah okay okay good which is this sort of implying the trend direction it's of getting that. more powerful yeah is asserting itself or waning yes okay, okay it has it is outperforming but it's losing power yeah yeah we've talked about yeah you capture it so where where exactly can you just um where's the early signs of a positive momentum move them what, what what directions are tailing what, what where are these constituents you so this is the top right quadrant because the basket has uh, 10 constituents at any one time how how are you ranking those 10 where, where are those because i assume there might be quite a few in the top right segment yes but we take the top 10 okay which is based on it's really it's just the top 10 um we look at the charts you know the the uh, normal chart, the arithmetic uh, chart, not the momentum chart, but just to, to look at it uh, as well. But essentially, it is the top 10 securities according to the weighted criteria, which I was the scoring, I've said, which yep. is, is top. So they, put, they will be outperforming and they have positive momentum. It's another way of saying the best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you're enjoying the episode. For interviews like this every Thursday, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure you give us a star rating and leave guest suggestions along with any other feedback in the review section. Now, back to the show. So why the FTSE 350? Do you like the potential of, of UK stocks? Is this... Um... Yes, yeah, so as opposed to the FTSE 100, um, the uh, the the FTSE 100 is very narrow index. It's only got 100 stocks in it. It's also quite a skewed index, heavily weighted with banks and miners. And, and as you've got very little influence of technology and, and uh, other things like that. So we want the, uh, the, more, the broader index of the, of the uh, FTSE, FTSE 350, but they're all well-capitalized stocks, so they're not, they're not getting involved in anything which is not liquid. So they're all big stocks, but we've got there 
uh, things which are not well represented in the FTSE, like technology, like uh, property, like uh, uh, non-financials. Um, uh, uh, so it's just that the, our biggest companies are oil companies and banks and um, and, uh, and and mines, and uh, they have not been particularly successful uh, sectors in the market. But unfortunately, our index is weighted with them. Doesn't mean Britain is not doing very well because a Kazakhstan mining company is not doing well, but it's a heavy weight in the, in the index itself. So much fairer representation of UK PLC in the FTSE 350. Yeah. And we've got a larger universe. Brilliant. Um, just, um, I just had a question pop in my head, uh, rolling back to this. The strategy essentially is is trying to find the stocks that are going from not very good momentum into positive momentum. So it's 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 the sort of it's trying to find the turn around points rather than investing in you know long term trending stocks. Is that correct, or have I got that wrong? Uh, no, it's not correct because uh, the problem is the turning point is um, um, is can it can be wobbly. Yeah. Um, now I'm not, I'm not talking about let's say after March sell-offs where it's a V-shape like that, but much more often this this persistent uh, trendiness of of, of uh, securities and and the, the sector rotation is a long-term thing, and uh, well, we need to see it pick up, and we don't want to buy uh, participate too early in it because yeah. things which have been outperforming start to get better can get worse again. But when once in the in the quadrant we see it moving through the the uh, top left-hand quadrant and looking by reading the tail, looking like it's going towards the uh, top right-hand quadrant. And when at the point that we can be confident about that, um, and what gives us confidence is the angle and uh, the height of it, um, that it's going to pass into that elite group yep. on the top right-hand side. And that's how we catch it early. But you don't want to be too early because things are out of fashion and they become less out of fashion and then they go out of fashion yeah. <laughs> so but it's only when you you notice that it's getting fashionable more and more fashionable and people are beginning to like it quite a lot even though it's not yet outperforming okay that's where we pick up the increase in momentum yeah okay that's interesting um and an important point is that the baskets obviously um rebalanced uh, quarterly yes. um was there a decision behind um quarterly base rebalancing that sort of um is in line with this this search the stocks that are showing positive momentum like the holding periods etc like how do they all come together um to make that like a the, the most relevant sort of sort of thing to do yes we, we yes there was uh, a lot of thought went into that um we want to pick up a, a sort of persistent trend in this performance and um, the, if you look at it in a lower time frame, you're getting much more into the wobble uh, of it, the day closer to the day-to-day -day news uh, that is affecting it. And this can make things which look good, but then the next day don't. But we want this smoothing effect of uh, the longer time frame. And we don't. Uh, it, the the thing that we're participating in is long-term persistence. It, it has long-term persistence in it, and uh, you don't improve its message by being too active in it you have, you can degrade uh, your performance by doing that so keep keep uh, um, keep the the sampling low quarterly um, there's no need and and we've demonstrated to our own satisfaction that actually uh, it's uh, it degrades the performance if you become too active yep. in it 
And um, I sort of relates to my second question about this, which is uh, holding periods. What sort of, I mean, obviously lots of traders got different uh, styles and strategy and how they want to do things. But in your mind, what, what would be this, what are you sort of aiming for with this product? Uh, as, a, as a CFD for the customer himself. Well, he, he can think of it, of it two different ways. First of all, closer to an investment. So if you, rather than buy the, the FTSE 350, why not buy the, the participants in the FTSE 350, a subset, which have got our performance momentum in them. So the best of it, if you like. So you can think of it like that as another way of uh, uh, more attractively participating in FTSE 350. But you can use the characteristic of it as well um, as a trading vehicle. Um, and, you know, this uh, uh, momentum characteristic, if the FTSE 350 itself goes up, you could expect could expect it to do better. Um, but if it goes down, it will also be quite savagely hit because it's high momentum stocks. Momentum is also the case goes on the downside as well. Yeah. But it would be a very attractive instrument, I would say, for when you see bottoms after these because it's the momentum stocks that will lift yeah. early yeah. Uh, from it. So um, so you want to get a swing of those uh, uh, beat high beta uh, securities. Yeah. That, which, and so this would be, a, a, so you could expect, um, you know, I'm not promising, obviously, but um, <laughs> uh, you could expect our performance generally in, over time because you're participating in the high uh, momentum participants in, in the three foots itself. At times of pullback in the market itself, you're going to be hurt and it will underperform at that point, but it will flick back very fast indeed, much faster than the FTSE 350 itself because it's an average of many things. Yeah. And so you uh, participate in the higher uh, momentum ones yeah. quickly. Brilliant. And um, why would someone be interested in a momentum strategy over just selecting some stocks from the FTSE 100 or, or the index? I mean, you sort of implied the index there, you know, you're going to get bigger swings in the momentum strategy. So there's potentially better upside as well as potentially lower, uh, bigger downside when it swings down. But why would someone want a momentum strategy over other strategies, do you think? Well, it's this, it's, this, it's this, if you agree with the idea that an index is a large group of stocks, some are doing better than others. Some have got more promise than others on a relative basis. So you clearly see which are the best ones. But are they really the best ones to buy? If you buy the things which have already become the best you've lost the best bit of it it was when they were becoming the best that you got the real outperformance and the real alpha outperformance generation um, of the index itself so we've got this uh, portfolio which is uh, rotating its constituents to being those 10 stocks which are showing in, in according to rrg uh, the, the best um, relative performance and positive momentum of relative performance. So that's that's what's unique about it. It is using that sec that segment of the index itself. So you would hope that over time this will um, outperform and you, it's, it's been borne out uh, so far uh, with uh, what has ha happened in real life. Brilliant. Um, and I just want to ask what risks should people be aware of when trading RG Commentum Plus? Yeah, we mentioned, um, obviously, it's it can be volatile because they're momentum stocks because they're high beta in in both well both in a positive and, and negative manner when the benchmark is moving in one of those two directions any other things they should be aware of and how how they could potentially manage that risk when using the, yeah. the, the there's, 
I'm putting aside all the risks associated with CFDs for a moment. You know, we, you know, we understand that these are leveraged instruments, um, and uh, with all the, the pros and cons of, of leverage. But in the origin momentum itself, uh, the, the risk is number one that you should expect that it will underperform when the market itself is going down. However, you can go short. And so therefore, it's a wonderful instrument if you want to uh, uh, leverage up slightly uh, your position in, uh, in uh, say, the FTSE 350. Um, so that's uh, one risk, which is also potentially an opportunity if you, if you yeah. read it correctly. The, the other thing is that uh, we, because of uh, the uh, quarterly rebalancing, this means that within a quarter we don't do anything unless there's a particular emergency, um, uh, like a take a, uh, a well, bankruptcy, yeah. let's say. Um, uh, but uh, the, that means that we are taking a very slow view to, to the changes in it. And, uh, you know, not, uh, not everything is always at, stays at the top and, and stays outperforming with positive momentum. But generally, we, we, we know it's true and that uh, this infrequent reading is, is actually a benefit rather than uh, a... Uh, a risk but occasionally it will happen that one of the stocks will change in nature it was good it we loved it and um, maybe something happens loses a contract or you know something like that i don't know that would yep. would change the very nature of the security within the quarter itself brilliant thank you and um i just wanted to for the end of this interview uh, just quickly talk about your opinion on the market now and also um, the latest holdings in, in the, the basket. Um, so in terms of latest holdings, can you give us an, uh, an insight into what's there and you know, any, any in, insight on what? Yes, I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've got our 10 stocks so far. Uh, if you go on to uh, uh, the, your website, the CMC. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to that in the podcast so people can demonstrate. So we've got, we've got the, uh, the listings there. We've got all the, the, the performance of each one. Um, the, the 10 are uh, First Group, um, We're Group, uh, One Savings Bank, Financial, uh, Airtel Africa, uh, NatWest, another bank, uh, Crest Nicholson, Virgin Money, another financial, uh, Megit, uh, TI Fluid Systems, and, and Sinsima. Now, those are our 10 holdings currently, uh, all of them on a three-month basis doing extremely well. And if you look at the chart, also um, uh, the uh, outperforming as a group, uh, the, the FTSE itself. But you can see that at the moment, we've got uh, quite a heavy weighting uh, in the banks there of, of, the, of the 10, the large number of banks. And so we're catching this, uh, this swing of, from, from bounce back from the banks. Um, and uh, we caught this well. It's still going on and is not yet waning. Um, and so this is why we've got this heavy commitment to that uh, particular group. But it, uh, you know, it is a rotating thing. At some stage, it will have recovered, and it will. They will start to go into the into the quadrant of um, of a decreasing momentum, although outperforming, and we'll start to decrease that holding and catch what's next. And who knows what it might be? It might be cruise lines, might be airlines, um, all these sort of things currently out of fashion, but, you know, great bounce back uh, potential. And But no point in saying they must bounce back, um, you know, until they do. Yeah. And uh, see it happening in the banks. And we hated banks for years and years. Now we don't hate banks. And now uh, they're performing extremely well. 
Yeah, very interesting to see that because it, it's a similar similar story in the US stocks, almost the value stocks, the banks, the financials, the uh, oil producers, energy, etc. have been having a great run yes. uh, recently. It's very interesting that it's picked up on the UK, which is, you know, obviously the financial UK have obviously, um, they perform well as well. So, yes, I mean, old oil is, uh, is we love it now, but we hated it for a long time. Yeah. It's quite, quite interesting. I, I think uh, if you look in the States, if you ask the man in the street, what stocks do you think you should own given the pandemic and what's going on right now? Two they might have chosen would be um, Pfizer and Zoom. But those two stocks have had severe sell-offs. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, they, they both did go up a lot, but they topped out in around about November last year. And the market is always ahead of thinking. Mm. You know, yes, they are, you know, they are beneficiaries of it, but basically it's all priced in and there are better opportunities and um, yeah. and you know so uh, you have to be careful because it isn't always as it seems. Yeah, yeah. But this is taking out that sort of prejudice of the fundamentals and just looking at what really is happening. And this is where you're likely to get into things that are not really fashionable yet. Yeah. And uh, I just want to quickly ask: we, um, it's quite interesting to compare UK against US. Just wanted your opinion on obviously the U- US markets outperformed for the last. 20 years against other other sort of um, world indices, uh, such as uh, even developed countries, such as the UK, the FTSE, et cetera. Do you see signs of that changing in the in the years to come? I just wanted your opinion on it. Um, no, I, I don't think that there's any, any uh, sort of mean reverting uh, law about that, that it must change, go back. Uh, the US is still, you know, I, I, I'm not an economist, so I'm the wrong person to ask about that, but the chart of uh, the S&P is, is a chart which is still climbing. Um, the FTSE chart is climbing, but it's, uh, you know, it's still below its highs and still below uh, substantial resistance. The, the, the worry is the, in the US is that it is, it is you know, overextended. It's vulnerable to you know, one of these sudden sell-offs like we saw in March last year. Um, any moment this, this, this can happen and it, it is very vulnerable to that. It's a great worry. Um, to me about that you know the the amount the S&P is above its 200 day moving average is at a kind of similar level as it has been each time we've had these sort of five percent drops that have suddenly almost without warning um, uh, hit us yeah and uh, you know what makes it so vicious is the fact that it is without warning yeah it is um, a surprise yeah these sort of things can happen in a day nowadays it seems the volatility is so high Yes, it is, and uh, you know I'm 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 worried, but uh, it's a you know markets climb on a wall of worry, don't they? And yeah. <laughs> it is grinding higher. Yeah. But uh, you know, let's say, like many people, I, I sort of don't sleep well, <laughs> even though I'm old. <laughs> um, a final question as well. I just wanted to see: um, Is there any other ideas for new products in the works? Anything you can reveal now? But, um, Very much so, and uh, we're hoping to bring out a whole that this is the first of many uh, products. So this concept about performance and momentum about performance is applicable across many uh, different markets, obviously different indices, but also sectors um, or uh, sectors versus uh, the S and P, for example, or, or, or in Europe. So we can bring that product out. We can look at global markets versus the MSCI, so which is the best markets, stock markets in the world, so we can bring that out using the indexes uh, to trade, asset classes as well. So anything where this um, momentum 
message has has a benefit so a basket to represent something is it doesn't have a, a benefit but if you're looking at uh, relative opportunities which most of us are when we're investing um, then it, it has a real input and the big one would be um, uh, would be foreign exchange foreign, foreign exchange itself is uh, you know if you take the dollar as the benchmark we've got over on the right we've got uh, uh, currencies like the New Zealand dollar and the Norwegian crown and so forth and then we've got weak currencies over on the left hand side but which ones of those have got positive momentum in them as well as our performance and so we can pick that up on uh, RRG and, and also apply our rules uh, to it to have a, a portfolio of currencies versus the, for example the dollar um, uh, so using the advantages of momentum plus for it so we are hoping uh, that uh, we can bring out these products as, as quickly as possible now that uh, you know the model is is, uh, is working um, but, uh, as uh, really from Judith and my point of view um, we've got loads ready for you <laughs> Brilliant. yeah very very interesting it's uh, especially the forex one considering we're getting some big moves nowadays because of the um, devaluation of the dollar whether or not it continues even if it doesn't, you're going to get some big swings, it seems, because it really is moving. Which I'll, And obviously, a lot of the pairs, is, the main pairs are uh, the dollar pairs, aren't they? So, really interesting. But you do get persistence in, you know, the, the top ones stay the top ones in terms of uh, our performance uh, in a very, very multi-month basis. And the weak ones stay weak. The ruble, the uh, Turkish lira, you know, there's nothing new in that. It's been they've been weak for a long period of time. They won't always be, and there will be bounce back potential in them. And uh, you know, it's uh, uh, New Zealand dollar and the Australian dollar and the Canadian dollar and the Swedish crown and the Norwegian crown. All of them have been over on the right hand side for a long period of time. But that's not a permanent thing. Yeah. And uh, so we and also one compared to the other, which is the best. So we can manage that through the RG graphs. Excellent. Thanks very much, Trevor. Um, My pleasure. Thank you, Ed. And uh, yeah, you, obviously you can search um, if you're interested in the ROG product. It's it's available on the CMC Markets trading platform. You can download the CMC Markets app um, or you can go to their website. Uh, there's a page on RRG, which you can navigate to from the main menu um, at cmcmarkets.com. And I'll go into detail on, on the basket, the methodology, everything Trevor's been talking about. Any updates that we uh, to the basket or commentary from Trevor or Julius is, will be added to that page as well. So that's sort of the sort of hub of information. Uh, so please do check it out if you're, if you're interested. Um, and as Trevor said, we'll be looking to uh, expand the product products that we're offering very soon. So yeah, keep, keep, keep tuned. Um, thanks, Trevor. Have a great Thank day. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a good day. May the trend be with you. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Just a quick note before we sign off. If you're looking for an easily digestible daily update on the markets, this might be of interest. Opto Updates is our short newsletter sent every day during the trading week, giving you a bulleted list of the top seven stories from the global stock markets. We've done the hard work for you, highlighting relevant opportunities and trends. And in addition, we'll also keep you notified of any new products, stock reports or webinars from the Opto world. If you're interested, sign up using the link in the show notes. And thanks also to CoFruition for consulting on and producing the show. Until next time.